Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Amen. Amen. Well, as I said, it's going to be a little bit different this morning. I'm going to invite, we're going to look at a few different key areas in our vision, and one of the things this year uh, is our young adult area, and I'm going to ask Joss and Kate to come up and they're going to have a bit of a chat with me. Can I get the other mic from down there? Uh, thank you, Rod. And um, you, you've probably met, we've prayed over Joss and Kate before and last year we were praying about young adults and it's something that I've been tr- investing into personally for the first two years and then um, I really felt that it was an area I was getting spread too thin in and when Joss and Kate come and said, hey, we want to pray about how we can serve in the church, grab a seat, um, how, where God would have us serve. Uh, and, and I said, go and pray about what's on your heart. And what was really on their heart was uh, young adult ministry. And so I'm so glad that they've actually kicked off. They are now formally in the, the role of overseeing our young adults. So thank you. And... I just want to take a bit of a moment to share what's going on, but also ask them a few questions that they, they have no idea what's, what I'm going to ask. So, nah, a little bit of an idea, not really. Um, but I just want to introduce them to you. just want you to see them. I want you to be praying for them. This is a voluntary role. As you know, Joss and Kate have 17 children. Uh, so one, five children. Actually, let, let me ask you. Yes. Yeah, so uh, how old are your kids, Joss? <laughs> um, are you aware you do have kids? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Uh, Kaya is 14, Hattie is 12, Ira is 10, Shayla's 8, and Kale's 5. Right, so it's pretty boring at home, nothing yep. much really happens. Very Not standard. Happens. So five kids and um, uh, young family. Uh, tell, us about, tell us a bit about um, when you came to know the Lord. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. Yep. My dad's a pastor, so God has always been a part of my life. Um, probably my own personal commitment was in my late teens, uh, where my faith became my own and not my family's. Yeah. Um, no significant, super exciting moment, but just knowing um, who God was and that I wanted a personal relationship. Yeah, what about you, Joss? When did the come to faith? You grew up in a Christian home? Yeah, much the same as Kate. Um, we grew up in church and... You know, my dad taught you at Bible College. Theology, all my theology. Yeah, so we've had it in the family. It goes back a few generations as well. So um, much the same as Kate. Uh, Yeah, just in my teenage years, just making that decision for myself. So nothing crazy either. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been coming to Keller? Just over two years now. And Is there any reason why you didn't talk to me for the first six months? (laughs) (laughs) No, I've got... I'm a little bit introverted. (laughs) No, and you guys went on church camp last year. Was that yeah. significant for you guys? Yeah, it was. Yeah. In, in getting plugged in? Yeah, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Um, what, do you, what do you guys like to do when you get... No, I'm not even going to ask that one. Um, thinking, I was thinking about, you know, with the busyness of life and family and work, how was it taking on this role? What, you know, I know you spent some time praying about it. Why did you say yes to take on the role to oversee a young adult, spiritual oversight, really, young adult mm. ministry? Um, We've always had sort of a passion, even in our previous church, for the young adult community in the churches, and I think it's really important that we can, um, that as a church, that we can have input into that. Mm. But, you know, when we decided that we wanted to make Calamunda home, we really wanted to just put our roots down and, and, and just start serving in that way, so. 
What, what do you think is the, some of the what do you think are some of the key challenges then for Christian young adults today? Everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think um, much the same as previous generations, except I think it's amplified now by like these devices that we carry in mm. our pockets. And I think that what that does is before this, and even in our early 20s and, and teenage years, it wasn't like, you know, we still had the, the older phones, it wasn't the same. So, and what it does, it takes away those, those times in between things. Mm. So just the waiting where you could spend time with God or in prayer or anything like that. Whereas now we just pull out our phones and, mm. and you know, not that it's all bad, but like there's so much crap on those mm. and then and it just takes away that special time that we used to be able to have just without even thinking about it you know like whether you're just waiting in line somewhere you could mm. just spend that time either in community with people or or just with God and now we just pull out our phones and so I think that's one of the bigger things for me yeah 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 and so what's your heart for young adults this year I know we've got up there if you can give a bit of an outline grow gather and service there's three aspects to the young adults and so so Tom where are you you help with the gather, the socials, and they hang out once a month, hangs. And then we have a service, which is kicking off in March. And, what's ha- and then you guys are going to oversee Grow, which is the fortnightly study. And what's your sort of heart for going forward? If you could... um, our heart for Kalamunda Young Adults is that they would be set apart um, in, within their generation. Um, and so we want to come alongside them, um, journey with them, do life, um, be there to mentor and support. Um, so yeah, our biggest, I guess, yeah, goal would be to see them set apart. One of the things that we're starting on, this has been on our heart since like last year, is to to um, rediscover what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and not just a, you know, the, a Christian as that Sunday Christian and sort of so that's what we're doing at the moment. We're doing a, you know, on our fortnightly grow nights, we're sort of learning what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and and what that looks like. And that's when we've called it the apprentice. Um, and so yeah, we're we're working through that at the moment. And and through that, we hope that like that you guys will just know what it means to get out of here. <laughs> um, just know what it means to to live in the life that Jesus has for us mm. and that full life that he promised us um, in the good and the bad. Mm. So just to know how God good is all the time. Um, yeah. awesome. Nah, it's awesome. Love your guys' heart. I'm just going to pray for you, but love your heart. Thank you so much. So as I said, please be in prayer. Young adults is, it's a, it's a as we've all probably been one once or you are one now, or you're going to become one soon. And uh, that, that, that season where our heart here at Kalamunda is that where they don't fall off, they don't drop away, they doesn't just go through youth and so we're really trying to build robust um, and it's not just about programs, it's actually about people's hearts and people's hearts to serve and so that's what I love about, love about your guys' hearts to, amongst the business of life to go, you know what, and we've got five kids coming up through this too and you're like, well, you're going to invest and plant seeds for the future that bring a real healthy, flourishing ministry. So let me pray. Yes, great to be with you on Vision Sunday. I'm not really a fan, to be honest with you, of these Vision Sunday things because, uh, you know, sometimes people think of Vision Sunday. It's like the pastor goes up a mountain for a little while and he comes back and says, this is what God has said in an American accent and this is where we're going. 
But I am a fan, I'm a great fan and believer in vision. And we know that where there is no vision, people perish. We know where there is no prophetic revelation, if there's no sense of future for your life, you will cast off restraint and really just go anywhere. And I love what Craig Rochelle says that he says that everybody ends up somewhere, few people end up somewhere on purpose. And vision is about having purpose. You know, the poorest person in the world is not the person with no money. It's the person with no vision for the future, no hope for what's next. And so as a church, we really do believe in vision. And while sight is a function of the eyes, true vision is a function of your heart to believe and see, to, to call those things that are not as though they were and to see it in the future, to see what God has for you. And as a church, as a church, when we close our eyes, we see what God wants to do in and through the life of Kalamunda. And it, by the way, we can't do it. We need God. What he's got for our church is humanly impossible. But praise God, we're not a human church. Amen. We've got the spirit of the living God here and he's got great things. I want to speak a bit about the heart of vision going forward this morning and then give you an update and a Kalamunda review. And I want to talk about the heart this year is to go from crowd to community crowd to community it says this in hebrews 10 24 it says and let us that's us let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds i love that let that's that should be our focus not how we can hinder one another not how we can talk about one another, not how we can slow others down, but how can we, how can we for other people, spur them on? I, I, when I was growing up, I used to love watching the Wildcats, and there was a, a, a basketball team, Wildcats, Carl Bruton, show him, I never remember him, and they asked, they asked, who's the best player on your team? And he says, the best player on my team is the players that make other players look good. They're the ones that know how to pass that pass so the other one gets the slam dunk or whatever. And so it is in a church. The, the best servants in a church are people that know how to push others into love and good deeds, encourage others on, and, and want the best for others. That's the heartbeat of Paul's writing here. Verse 25, do not, no, sorry, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, Paul is saying here, we're better together. And what he's saying, another translation says, not forsaking the assembling of yourself together. That's what another translation. And that's a real building term, isn't it? The assembling, that God is building something. Don't forsake what he's building in the church. Don't forsake it. Don't leave it alone because God, you are part of God's master plan. You are, it's, not, it's not a spectator sport here at Kalamunda. It is a participation uh, church where you are part of the building, what God's doing. And as you assemble yourself together, as the body comes together, you find your fit. You find where God would have you flourish and serve and grow and as you find that sweet spot the body functions and the Jesus is seen to the world around us amen this um the word fellowship here don't stop meeting together it's not just coming to a meeting he's saying oh make sure you don't miss church there are millions of people today all in church that are not going to heaven because good people don't go to heaven by the way if good people go to heaven heaven will be empty 
Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. People that know the gospel, that know Jesus, have a relationship with him, that have accepted his forgiveness. And praise God, there is no one good enough but him alone. And so, so, so there's people all around and you may get into church, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily assembling yourself together. What it means is uh, this year is to, to embrace community, is, to, is sometimes you've got to go smaller to go bigger. You know, from a crowd to a community, there is small groups. I love connect groups, small groups. Um, and this year we want to see more groups sort of take off. And I'll show you in a minute some of the groups that we've got. But I remember when I was in, in, in Muck and Budin and, and one of the first small groups I was a part of. And if I've told you the story before you're hearing it again, sorry. Uh, I remember this, this group and I was sheep shearing at the time. And I remember going to, to the group and I had my shearing pants on and they had all like cuts all through them and holes everywhere. And praise the Lord, when you get in a small group, catch this revelation is when you get in smaller groups, you can see needs and giftings more easily than large crowds. And the lady who was hosting this group was really good at sewing, sewing. She could sew patches on everything. Her name was Linda. Danielle, you probably remember her. And she was really good at sewing. Got some friends from Mucker here this morning. Shout out to Mucker. And, um, and she said, oh, Brad, I could fix them jeans up for you. She saw a need in a small group because that's where you see needs. But she also had a gift that she could release in a small group. And she said, I'll fix them up. I'll put patches all over them. I thought this is great. You know, they're really expensive jeans because they're double thickness, like 60 bucks back then. And so the next week, I bought 14 pairs of shearing jeans to her. No joke, not maybe not 14, but at least eight or nine. And she, for the rest of it, she's still sewing now. She's still at the home. She's trying to get all the patches on. She's still going. Not really, but do you see what I'm saying? saying she was able to see something and in the natural so it is in the spirit that you can in smaller groups in connect groups in ministry really as you go smaller you go bigger because ministry happens here on a Sunday we have a Sunday focus and our focus is not to get into small groups hold hands and sing kumbaya that is not our focus on a Sunday our focus is to be outward focused that we would come and worship God in joy and freedom and that we would hear a word from God that 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 is like food for our soul and that we would see the gospel proclaimed and people come to know Jesus it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. I love that. We are part of it. The word fellowship is koinonia. Um, and really, fellowship is not uh, just hanging out. Fellowship, uh, I like uh, how John Bevere preached. He actually says it's, and it sounds rude when I say it, but please hear the heart. This is his words, not mine. It's, it's, it's social intercoursing, and it's not in that way, but he says what it is, it's a deep relationship. It's having intimacy. It's being known and knowing others. And, and fellowship is a deeper word. We think, oh, well, I just had a coffee and I walked out, so I did fellowship. No, you didn't do fellowship. You did social. Fellowship is when you are actually connected in life commitment groups, when you are connected with, you know, a few people that you're doing life with and they know you and you can, I can go to them and say, man, I am struggling with this. I need help. Would you pray for me? I trust you. Fellowship is a deeper thing. It's not going and talking about the footy score after church. Oh, I fellowship. No, you didn't. That's social. Fellowship is when you're intertwined with one another's lives. And guess what? Not everybody's going to do that. And that's okay. My heart here is not that everybody knows everybody, but that everybody has a few somebodies that they connect with and they're doing life with. And uh, that, would, that, is, that is our heartbeat here. Um, when fellowship um, can sometimes suffer from a disease called koinonitis, 
I made that one up maybe, Koinonitis. And what it is, is it's when fellowship gets turned inward on itself and clicks happen and tight-knit groups. So we need them groups, but we can't let it turn in. And I like what some person said, it's like cul-de-sacs of relationships. <laughs> no one's coming in, you've got to turn around and go back. See, that, we do need them groups, but we've got to be careful that it doesn't get um, inward-focused. And that's why all of our groups, every ministry of our church, has an outward-focused aspect, even the Connect ministry, even Connect groups. It's like the difference between the... Um, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea is there's a difference. See, the Dead Sea is so salty you can float in it and the Sea of Galilee flows healthily because the Sea of Galilee, catch this, um, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, the Dead Sea does have no inlet, outlet, sorry, <laughs> no outlet. So it leads to stagnation when there's no outlet and water can't flow, you turn into a swamp. And there are some Christian lives sometimes we turn into swamps because we're so inward focused, it's all about I and it's all my stuff and we get so insular and churches can do that, that it's like a swamp and you walk into their church meetings, it's like, man, it stinks in here spiritually. It's like a swamp and everything's focused on themselves. But when it's an outlet to flow out, that's when healthy things come and that's when we, we want to be outward focused. I hope that makes sense, I feel like. But yeah, so <laughs> we want to be in connect ministry, in good relationships, but with our overall vision, hey, it's for a purpose. It's for Jesus. It's not just about us. It's for the rest of us. It's for the rest of the people, outward focused. A couple of things just to talk about, and I love this, I love this uh, analogy here, is the, the, the blessings of being part of a fellowship. Um, and I think of the next slide, thanks Ben, if you've got it there, I think, I think of that V, when we think of Vision Sunday, I'm thinking of the, the V, that geese fly in when they fly in the sky. They fly in this V formation. Who's seen that? Who's seen that? I think sometimes I see it, I reckon, and God's just giving me little messages through it. It's a powerful thing when they do this. Did you know that over years of study and science and aerodynamics, they've come to know a few things about when the birds do this. The first thing, number one, the blessing, is that birds that fly in V formation, so they're in community, they're in connection, they're in fellowship, can fly 70% further than they could fly by themselves. Isn't that amazing? I mean, there's still a bird up there flying, but because they're in connection and in relationship, they can actually go 70% further and get further than if they were on their own. And that's what it is when you get connected to the flock, when you get connected, you can fly further, you go further, you don't have to go alone. And I want to encourage us, as I said last week, the only thing that wasn't good in creation was God said, it's not good for man to be alone. That's the only thing. He said everything else was good and God doesn't want isolation. And so our heartbeat this year, why am I harping on about it? Because our heartbeat is we don't just want a crowd on a Sunday. We want a community. We, want a, we are a family church. And you'll go further with others. You will go further in your life, in your spiritual life. I believe you'll go further in every aspect of your life when you are in V formation with other Christians. Yeah, Your marriage will go further. Your relationships will go further. Your finances will go further. I believe as you get together with what God's got for you in community, you fly further because we're going somewhere here at Kalamunda. We are heading somewhere and we're going to go 70%, way more than that, 100% further than we could if we were traveling on our own. Amen. That's why Tim loves to amen me. He knows he can get my preaching to go 70% further with a few encouragements, with a few amens. He's like, I want to get more out of that preacher up there. It's actually true. 
I don't live off your praises, amen. <laughs> I don't need them, but it's encouraging every now and then. Oh, sounds good. I'm going further so the Holy Spirit might pull something out of me that you needed today because we're in the formation. Um, the flock, the foundation. We're on our way somewhere. It says this in Ecclesiastes 4.9, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone and he falls and has no one to lift him up. Again, two are better than one. In fact, when I've done weddings, sometimes you do, I do weddings and, and I talk about how two workhorses that get together and get yoked together, you would think could pull twice as much. But it's not actually true. They can pull three times as much. And the bride really appreciates it when you refer to her as a workhorse. And you're in unison and you can actually, it's actually like something happens, like there's this synergy and, and you can actually pull three times as much together. And the interesting thing is that this, a study done on that says that if you get two workhorses that have grown up together, lived life together, done everything together, they can pull nearly four times as much because there's more chemistry, there's more commitment, there's more buy-in, there's skin in the game. And that's what it means to get on a journey with Kalamunda, that you put skin in the game. You say, I'm committed here, it may get rough, it may get rocky, and I guarantee you people will offend you. It just will happen. People will. It's all going to happen. And we know that we're not a perfect church. We know that it's going to be rough, it's going to be rocky, but guess what? Our eyes are on the prize, and salvation and transformation far outweigh these temporary weights and things we go through when we get our eyes on Jesus. Get our eyes on Jesus. Who are you? Let me challenge you. Who are you connected with? Who has God put in your life? Show me your friends, someone said, and I'll show you your future. Don't hang around with people that are going nowhere and want you to go with them. <laughs> Does that mean we don't love all people? Of course it is. But sometimes we do need to cut ties with some people that are going nowhere and want me to go with them. And so, so it's not that we don't love them, we don't be outward focused, it's not mixed messages here, it's that you just need key people in your life that are going somewhere. You've heard the saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, find another room. If you know, Get people that will challenge you, that will push you forward. Get a mentor. If you haven't got a mentor, I'm a real big believer in mentors and coaching. This year we're actually uh, um, receiving new ministry coaching from a new coach, and I'm so excited about that. We've started the introduction, and he's gone further than me. He's gone way further, 30 years more experience, grown churches, done different things. Why am I doing that? Because I need to be in environment, in relationship with a, a goose that's flown a bit further than me. And get in V formation and go, come on, Lord, I believe I'm going I'm to become all you want me to be because I'm in community connection. Make sense? Another interesting thought before we get to the vision part, which we are getting there, don't worry. I've got about 78 slides, but they're really quick ones, so it's all good. It's all good. Um, is that when you are in the V formation, the geese, um, when they are in that formation, they don't have to flap as hard. They actually can flap less, which means they can go further because they've got more energy. And what is, there's a thing that is called an uplift that the geese behind the other geese gets from him. So the one in front of them, there's this like uplift that he doesn't have to flap as hard because he's just, he's living off the other person's work and he's not working as hard. So what I want to say to you, who is the goose in front of you? Not right now. Don't, don't look now. I don't mean it like that. But you, you, who is it? Who's the goose? And you can get their uplift. 
Today, I'm just the goose up here, and I hope that the Holy Spirit gives you an uplift in your life of the things that you need today from the Word of God as I fly on. The next section of the sermon covers a financial review and report of our church with graphs and data that is not suitable for podcasts. So if you'd like this information, please contact the church office.